everyone, this is Amanda Rucker, and you're listening to Cirrhosis, the podcast where I interview badass women who have advice to give. This is a special um, episode of Cirrhosis. I am interviewing Megan Hunt. Megan is an entrepreneur and small business owner, community activist, and a mother who is a candidate for the Nebraska legislature in Omaha's District 8. She is actually running for the legislature in my district. So I wanted to sit down with Megan and talk about her call to run for office. This is kind of a new endeavor for her and like a small group of women out there who are running for something, she took up the reins and decided to be the change that she wanted to see. It was really interesting talking to Megan about why she's running what she stands for, and any advice that she has for other people who want to run. So please listen to this special episode. I hope you enjoy it. All right. Hi, Megan. Hi, Amanda. Thank you so much for talking to me today. (laughs) Thank you for making time for you. Um, Just so our listeners know, I was just at, like, what, your headquarters, and there's so much going on. You have all these volunteers coming. You're a campaign manager. I, is, is this, like, is that kind of... It wasn't chaotic, but it was a lot of activity. Um, is that happening like every single day for you while you're running your campaign? Yes, and that I think that's a really good way to describe it. It's kind of controlled chaos. Yeah. It's just that there's so much work to do. And one thing that I've really tried to do in my campaign for the state legislature here in Nebraska is make sure that everybody who wants to help me can. Um, I've volunteered on campaigns before where the leader said things like, everybody on our team has to do field. And that means like go knock doors and do canvassing. That's field. Um, Everyone on our campaign has to knock doors. Everyone on our campaign has to make calls. And I think that for a lot of folks, especially people who are just getting into politics for the first time or are just dipping their toe in the activism waters and they want to help a candidate they believe in, which I think is happening more now Mm -hmm. after the last couple elections we've had than ever, So there's this huge surge of new people who want to get involved in politics, but they maybe don't have the experience or the confidence or a little bit anxious about knocking the door of a stranger and saying, Mm -hmm. sorry for interrupting your dinner, but can you listen to me talk about a person I want you to vote for? You know, that's really hard to do. And so in our campaign, we've really tried to make sure that there's a job for everybody, regardless of your level of ability or comfort or experience. So that means sometimes it's a little chaotic because it would be one thing if it was just okay, we're going to send out everybody to go knock doors now, but Mm -hmm. we have people knocking, we have people calling, we have people delivering yard signs, which is very important and you don't have to talk to anybody. So that's a great job for nervous people. Uh Um, And then we have, we need a lot of writing done. We need a lot of, um, uh, so we send out literature to people, we send out notes to people, we leave notes on people's doors and that really takes a lot of time. And Mm -hmm. I've spent many, many nights in the past 500 days on the campaign. Yeah, that's insane. (laughs) Just writing notes and watching Netflix. And it's all important. It all matters. And I also want to make sure that nobody on my team feels like they're not doing something important because everything is important. Someone who's writing notes and not knocking doors, that's important because you're saving me from having to do that all night long myself. And it's all important. It all matters. And it's yeah, so, a little chaotic. <laughs> yeah, I have um, a couple of questions for you, but let's kind of talk about maybe were you expecting this kind of personal involvement? I mean, obviously you were going to be directly involved in your own campaign, but the level of like 
free time that probably you don't have anymore. Was that something you were expecting? Like, what kind of advice would you give for somebody who's thinking about running for something? Will they have to dedicate 24-7? It really depends on what office you want to run for. I'm running for a statewide office. Well, it's not statewide. It's my district, but it's a state um, office in our legislature here in Nebraska. But if you're running for school board, if you're running for city council, um, there are many, many, many elected positions, and they're all different depending on what state you're in, um, that require a different level of time and money raised. If you're thinking about running for office, you really need to start by talking to people who have done it before. I started looking at running in 2015, okay. about three years ago, and the first thing I did was I met with a state senator here in Nebraska who I know, and I asked her, who can you introduce me to who can tell me next steps like I need to learn I need criticism mm -hmm. I need feedback I mm -hmm. need experience people to tell me what to do and she gave me the names of like 10 women instantly and mm -hmm. just did all these email intros and I really learned something from that because you know that's a state senator there who took the time to introduce me to all these women and I'll note they were all women and I thought that was really yeah, really cool and really amazing. helpful to kind of lift each other up and make sure we're supporting each other um and I've done that for lots of other women since then mm -hmm. who have come to me about being interested in running for office. So talk to people who have run for your office and who can tell you how much time and money to expect to spend. I am the kind of person who just needs to be busy all the time. Mm -hmm. So I'm working my day job about 40 hours a week and I'm doing the campaign at least 40 hours a week. Wow. Um, but I really love it because mm -hmm. I wouldn't really be happy doing something else. So it's good for me. Yeah, that's like knowing your own limits and what drives you. And I, my last guest, we talked about like making a plan for the end of the day. How do you want to feel? And then like working backwards from that. So. Oh, that's a really good idea. I know. What do you mean by that? Like, so. She, so we were talking about flexibility and work-life balance. And she was like, you just have to make a plan and be proactive about that. Like, do you, like at the end of the day, what do you want your goals to be achieved? and make your plan accordingly mm -hmm. it was I don't know I was like oh my gosh I, I liked what you said that. about working backward from there mm -hmm. because some you know a trap that I think I fall into sometimes is that I overwork oh, yeah. and maybe I reach the goal and then I think oh well I reached the goal the goal wasn't high enough mm -hmm. or if I accomplished the goal it means that I wasn't challenging myself or I wasn't living up to my potential but with this what I've learned on this campaign is you're never going to, you know, I'm never going to work enough. Yeah. It's never going to be enough to feel like I did it all. And so I have gotten better in the last year at when you reach a goal, just be happy you accomplished the goal mm -hmm. and then make some dinner or <laughs> fold your laundry, girl. Like yeah. just, just take care of your damn life. Cause that's really what slips through the cracks. Oh yeah. I know when I get really stressed out, I like stop showering. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my God. My friends will tell you, your listeners might think this is funny, but I have this little post-it next to my toilet in my tiny, tiny bathroom. So like, you know, you're sitting mm -hmm. there and you look at the post-it and it reminds you, it just says, take a shower. <laughs> and it has all these reasons under yeah. it. It says, your water is free. I live in an apartment and they cover the water and I have Good to pay point. for everything else, but whatever. Mm -hmm. Your water's free. You have fancy soap. 
you get your best ideas in the shower. Yeah. It only takes 10 minutes. And so I read that post-it and it has really increased my shower, showering <laughs> shower <habits>. taking, <laughs> my basic hygiene. <laughs> but whatever you have to do, man, I have a very post-it based life. So it works I for like me. I like that. I always <laughs> think post look great. Um, little, I don't know if you've ever tried this, but I like put, putting eucalyptus um, in my shower and like tying it by the shower head. And you got to scrunch the leaves a little bit because otherwise it's just... Um, leaves in your shower, but yeah, it creates like this eucalyptus. <laughs> I do like that, yeah. Nice. Um, okay, so you said something earlier, and I felt like we probably should have started with this question, but what, why legislature? Like, what difference did you see yourself making that kind of position? And I'm like baseline government understanding, uh-huh. um, so like, where did you see yourself going? I appreciate that question because... One thing that really annoys me that I see elected officials do all over is they run for a smaller office before they run for the office they really want. Mm -hmm. And I kind of think you should start where you want to be. Okay. Um, what, What made me decide to run for the legislature in 2015, what made me start looking at it was I was working with Omaha Public Schools and some different organizations here in town to, um, update the school's sex education curriculum, which hadn't been updated since 1971. That's so in, crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. So in many cases, a lot of these kids were getting the same sex ed that their grandparents had gotten. And since then, of course, we've had the AIDS epidemic. We've had an increasingly out and increasingly depressed and suicidal LGBT mm-hmm. population. We have the internet. We have pornography. We have cyberbullying. Like, it's a different world. Yeah. And the kids needed accurate education uh, to live in this world, I think. So that was a big fight. And long story short, we won the fight. But that was when I started just getting really fed up with the civic process and thinking, God, I wish I could vote for someone like me. Mm. And then the more I thought about it, I was just like, oh my God, I think it's me. I think I have to run. And one of the first people I went to for advice suggested that I run for the State Board of Education. They were looking for a candidate for my district. Mm-hmm. Um, I a couple of people also suggested that I run for the school board, but I think that we have good people running for those seats. And the issues that I really care about affecting are state level issues, not just school issues. That was just kind of the trigger that got me interested. But, you know, I care a lot about issues like paid family leave. I care a lot about Medicaid expansion and making sure that everybody in Nebraska, um, that our workforce is supported by making sure they can go to the doctor when they need to. We have a workforce crisis in Nebraska. And I think that until we can give people that quality of life piece with affordable housing, with health care, with quality public education, um, we're not going to have an entrepreneurial economy that I really think we need in our state and that I think we can have, whether you're in urban Nebraska or rural Nebraska, um, you know, we come from pioneer stock. No matter where you come from, you ended up here because you come from risk takers. Yeah. And that's what I love about Nebraska. Uh, and whether you're in a big city or in a smaller town in Nebraska, there is entrepreneurship and there's self-employment and there's small business growth. And I want to make sure that our government isn't overlooking that and that we're addressing these issues of workforce and brain drain and yeah. making this a place where young people are proud to live. So, and that's state stuff. Yeah. So that's why I wanted to run for the legislature. I think that's amazing. Um, what are actions that like somebody like me could or other people could take that's not as, you know, forward, like front facing as running for something, but like we, I see all over Facebook, like call your senators, call mm-hmm. your senators. Is like calling really help 
Like, what, what could I be doing? So, to begin to answer your question, don't we all have those friends where you're like, God, they should run for office. I wish they would run for office. Yeah. I think that we do have kind of a very negative culture of anonymity and uh, negativity that deters a lot of really good people from running for office who should be running for office. I have a really high threshold for criticism. Yeah. I am have a lot of physical and mental and emotional stamina. And so I kind of thought... If I can run for office, I probably should. So if you're listening to this, I think that if you're the kind of person who can take the heat, you really have a responsibility to your community to run for public office because there it's not Jefferson and Lincoln down there. You know what I mean? Like there's really bad people who are filling these seats because good people are afraid to go for it. So that's what I'll front load the question by saying. But there are a million ways to affect change in a community and they're all important. It's like I was saying earlier, if you can't knock doors, I need you to write notes. They're both important. Mm-hmm. They're both going to help me win, and they're both going to get us to the goal. One of one is not worse than the other. One is not less valuable. And I feel the same way about activism. I, I, I don't like judgment in the activist community about the way you express your values, um, the way you speak truth to power. Mm-hmm. If you do that by writing letters to the editor, if you do that by raising your children well, mm-hmm. if you do that by talking to your neighbors and actually getting to know the people who live across the street from you and next door to you, that's something that we're not even doing yeah. um, to the degree that we should. And I think it's just these little changes, these little nudges that people can do in their communities that will make a more peaceful world. Mm-hmm. And I, I really think that that should be the goal for all of us, make a more accepting world. Um, I love that I, advice. I just have no judgment about how anybody affects change. I will never tell someone they're not doing enough mm-hmm. because what I've learned on this campaign especially, but over a decade as an activist in Nebraska, in a red state, everyone is really doing their best. And I really trust that people are doing their best. If they're doing a bad job, well, that's their best. And so (laughs) (laughs) maybe they need some mentorship. Maybe they need to be connected to other people who can help them be better. But Mm -hmm. I just have no judgment for however people choose to express um, change in their own communities. And I, I think the best thing you can do is be a role model for other people to do that. I love that answer. That's, that was beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So let's like kind of along the same lines. Um, the pe- like non-voters are people who have been totally disenfranchised by mm-hmm. the government. I, uh, you know, people who just like I can't get ahead. Everything. None of it matters. Yeah. yeah. What What would you say to those people? And maybe have you had any conversations that have helped people become more like at least go and show up on election day? Well, it depends on the person, right? I've mm-hmm. had people say to me, you know, it doesn't even matter if I vote. I used to vote all the time and now I don't because I feel like it doesn't matter. I say, well, if you know it won't hurt, it might help. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like Pascal's wager. You know, yeah. like you should you should just go vote if you don't think it's going to help. You know it won't hurt though. So just go vote, please. I want you to. So you'll know that you'll have made a difference in my life by making me a little bit happy. And yeah. sometimes people will do it then. I don't know. <laughs> the thing is they don't want you to vote. Yeah. I know. That's... They don't want you to vote. (laughs) So the things that we see going on in Georgia, the things we see going on in North Dakota, 
Those things can happen in Nebraska. They can happen anywhere, in any state, in any country, if we put the wrong people in charge. And the only way to take the power back is to vote. Uh, the only way to change who's representing you is to vote. Like I said, there's many, many ways to affect change. Not all of them are voting. But at the end of the day, the people who make these decisions are the people who get the most votes. We have problems with our election software, with our election systems. We see in Texas, uh, people are reporting that their votes are being changed. Like mm -hmm. they, they cast a ballot for one person and then it the printout says they voted for someone else. You know, this is happening all over the country. And one thing that I really care about uh, and another big reason I'm running is just election integrity, voting rights, fighting against voter suppression, making sure that more people have access to the ballot. Uh, a lot of times in cities where they're saying, oh, there's a three hour long line to vote. It's not because more people are voting. It's because there's fewer polling locations. Mm -hmm. And these are active, deliberate attempts at voter suppression that we need good people to stand up against. Step one is just to vote. You don't have to be an activist. You don't have to make a picket sign. You don't have to call your representatives. I just ask you to do the bare minimum and actually vote because there's so many people who want to vote, people who are incarcerated, mm. people who um, are not citizens here, people who want to be American and want to participate in our civic process and want to feel like they're part of the community here who cannot because they cannot cast a ballot. And I think it is disrespectful to those people. Um, and it's disrespectful to the struggle of everybody else who fought for those rights to vote to throw that privilege away. So if you can't get out of bed one day and pull a lever one time, mm -hmm. um, I think that's really disappointing. Yeah. I I'm a mother, so I'll just tell you I'm disappointed in you if you're doing that. <laughs> maybe that's enough pressure. That was such a good mom voice. I'm disappointed in you. All right. So I just have one last question for you today, and then you get to go canvas all yeah, over. Yeah, let's go knock. Um, what will it take for you to win? Well, to win, I need to get about 5,000 votes. Okay. <laughs> Logistically, yes. But um, I think that we've just been doing all the right things. I spent so much time preparing for this. There's only so much you can do, and the rest is up to voters. I really feel like if I don't win this election, it won't be because I didn't do all the right things. It'll mm -hmm. be because the voters didn't pick me. Mm -hmm. And at some point, you know, it's not up to me. It's mm -hmm. up to them. Mm -hmm. um, it's out of my hands. We have knocked over 20,000 doors in this district. By, when I say we, I mean uh, my team of volunteers and I. I've myself knocked about 10,000, about half of those. Um, we've raised almost $150,000. Uh, our average donation is under $30. And mm -hmm. so that's a lot of small donations that I'm very proud of from all over the country, from people who have seen what we're doing through social media, who know me through the entrepreneurship community and the work I've done there or the activist community. And word spreads when good people are doing impactful things. Um, so at the end of this election, I think that I will be able to say that I didn't leave any cards on the table and I did my best and the rest is up to the voters. I, I will say I have spent a lot of time on your website and like the way you've laid out your issues, what you believe in, who you are is incredibly thoughtful. Thank you. And I think that's important. Like if other people are thinking about running, like being, making it easy for your constituents mm -hmm. to understand what you stand for and 
that messaging is incredibly important and you did a great job. Thank you. I, w- I think more elected officials can do a better job at that and more candidates. Don't you hate going to someone's website and it's like, okay, but like, what do you even believe yeah. about things? And I think that that's a strategy sometimes is people mm-hmm. don't want to be too vulnerable. They don't want to be too open to attacks. Yeah. But I hope that my voters find that refreshing about me. And again, maybe it maybe it's going to set an example for the next candidate. I hope so. All right, Megan. Well, thank you for talking with me. Thank you, Amanda. Yay. Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you learned a lot from Megan. I know I did. I was really inspired by her dedication and vision for what she wants to see our government achieve. And I just thought she was a really great interview. She gave such clear and concise answers. It was just a pleasure interviewing her. So remember to vote, everyone, on November 6th. It's my birthday again. So if you, you don't have to give me anything, just go vote. Thanks.